And so welcome back to Crazy Juicy Love. This is your host, Jimmy Allen. This is a special bonus uh, in the new year podcast about my journey with vitiligo and radically loving myself. So here is the podcast of how I radically love learn to love myself with vitiligo. Here it is. Crazy Juicy Love. Okay, guys, so welcome back to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. I'm so excited because this is a special uh, podcast uh, regarding vitiligo. Many people who don't know me, I have vitiligo. And vitiligo is a condition in which the pigment is lost from areas of your skin causing whiteness patches white patches and often not clear of the cause so that's basically it and so i created this podcast because i really wanted to create this for people who don't have a clear understanding about um uh what it is or don't have access to someone who is living with vitiligo, what it's like for someone to have vitiligo, and what the things they go through when you have vitiligo. And number one, that you're not in pain. Um, so that's, um, you know, the number one thing. And it's not contagious. Um, so what I did was I put a post out on my Facebook and, and I just simply asked if you were to interview me um, regarding my vitiligo, what would you ask? So that's how this podcast came about because I really wanted to start creating some content on my podcast in regards to vitiligo <clears throat> because I am a love coach and you know part of you know uh, coaching people, the journey is a lot of self love. And there's things that happen to us in life that causes us to have some kind of reflection, some kind of belief on ourselves that causes us to stop being fully authentic, fully self-expressed when you're in a relationship. And having something like vitiligo uh, can do a lot of psychological, quote-unquote, damage. Or So that was that's the really biggest thing that one has to go through. That's their journey of really fully loving themselves so you know i'm just going to go down the questions which i really love you know and thank you who all contributed contributed to the um the inquiry and helping me create this podcast so i'm so excited um so you know one of the first questions is how old were you when you found out you had it and does it run in your family um I believe I was in my 30s, um, and I didn't really know it at the time. I was at the barber shop, and my barber told me that I had um, bad dandruff because when it started to happen, I didn't really notice it on my face. It started on my on the top of my skull, 
um, my scalp and um, and I just thought that I have bad dandruff because I just noticed that my skin was flaking more than usual so I was going out and buying all these like medi- medicated like uh, shampoos and conditioners and it just was kept going on and on and then I remember my barber the look on his face a couple of weeks after I got my um, uh, haircut was getting my haircut and he had this look he was like are you like taking care of yourself it's like it's like getting worse and so I was like yeah you know I'm like you know moisturizing using my coconut oil my olive like not olive oil but um my cocoa butter I'm using it all like I'm really conditioning my hair like you would never believe and so again I really didn't really think anything of it and then um and I will say this, sometimes vitiligo happens in two phases of your life. So it can happen to you when you're young. And when you're younger, it tends to spread more because your body um, is growing with your body. Your immune system is like not that strong when you're a kid. So when you, it, so it happens in two phases of your life. So if, if you're if you're a child, it is more likely that it's going to spread like crazy. But if you get it when you're an adult, then it's unlikely that it's going to spread as much when you're a child. But it will spread. It will. It can um, spread uh, as an adult. And some of the things that I, from my research and from talking to other people and some doctors and stuff like that, um. Normally, especially as an adult, normally vitiligo is caused by some kind of traumatic experience. And that stress from that traumatic experience somehow triggers the embedded, uh, uh, I guess, virus in your body. And your body starts to react in a stressful state, which causes the the white pigmentation. Um, Because I remember when I was... Um, I had to go to the emergency room. Um, I had, uh, oh my God, what was it like? The little throat thing. Um, uh, I can't remember, sorry. And so as I was getting admitted and a woman was checking me in and she noticed that I had a vitiligo and she asked me that I suffer from a traumatic experience. Like what happened to me before this started to happen? She said because her niece had it and it happened right after her niece was in a car accident and she was ha- suffering from PS- PTSD and that's when it started to happen. When she noticed the connection, she started to heal herself from that traumatic experience and then the vitiligo went away. And so when she asked that question, I said, well, you know, when I broke up with my first boyfriend, well, I was like, well, that first year leading up to the breakup, I was so stressed out in the relationship <clears throat> and I knew I had to break out with him and I was having constant headaches I couldn't really sleep I didn't know what to do I just I was just so stressed out being in this relationship and um and that's and I told her that she said well maybe <clears throat> it's time for you to look into like you learning how to heal yourself from this experience and and I was like, oh, like it really hit me because there were other, uh, there's a book my mom gave me and the guy also experienced some kind of traumatic experience. And 
Um, and then he started to have these symptoms of these white patches. But he, he also discovered that, you know, when he ate, he started experimenting with foods, taking certain foods out of his um, dietary um, eating because he noticed that, especially if you have vitiligo, usually when you have vitiligo, there's, you have a gut issue and there's something, or you're basically your digestive system. There's something off about your digestive system and it's something that you're eating that's affecting the way you digest. And for me, it was like, gar- it's like garlic, white bread, whole, like just pasta and stuff like that. And it w- would leave me be really constipated. And, um, and I didn't really think anything of it um at the time and then for him it was spicy food he was asian and he documented um his journey into healing himself from vitiligo and he started to eliminate certain foods and certain perfumes and certain chemicals that he would uh quote unquote chemicals like perfumes and colognes and stuff like he put on his body or soaps and lotions so he started experimenting with that and so he healed himself from vitiligo so anyway so when you know when the doctor who had you know admitted me for um uh the throat uh situation that i was having um then it really got me to thinking like oh like i need to start my own journey of healing from this past relationship because i i suffered through a traumatic experience it was, it was and it was my very first breakup um, so to answer your question, um, I was around in my 20, my th- late thirties when it started to happen and does it run in my family? Um, the only known person that I know that had this was my mother. And I, you know, after that hospital visit, I called my mother and I said, cause I remember my mother used to have this like white big patch on her like upper breast into her arm and she told me she was burnt um when i when she was a baby when i was a baby like the milk got on her and it like caused this whole thing and when in fact it was that wasn't true she also had vitiligo and i remember going home i remember not i remember not seeing it anymore and it made that question the doctor asked me made me want to call made me call my mother to really like investigate like wow like how did you heal yourself from that? She said, well, I, she said she noticed that when she wore cheap perfume that her skin would react. And when she, and she started to do this blue, it's called, it's called light therapy and light, basically light therapy is you, this ultraviolet light and it's a very high risk of having cancer through doing this. And it's a, it's a huge risk. You have to sign a contract uh, I'm sorry, not a contract, but a waiver that you know the risk of having this ultralight um, on your skin. And so my mom started doing the light therapy and she healed herself from vitiligo. And I was like, wow. So then I started doing investigations at the time of like who uh, had um, these light boxes. But anyway, I'll get more into that. Um, so that's the answer to that question. So. Um, the next question is, what are the effects on your psyche now? Like I said before, from all the research that I have done, like it has a huge psychological effect on your psyche and your ability to love yourself and allow others to love you. And I, and I, and, and at a time when I first discovered I have it, like, it, like literally I woke up 
and there was a dot on my face. It was like next to my my right eye, and I really didn't think anything of it. I was just like, oh, maybe it's like I'm getting older because I've you know I've seen these spots on my grandmother when she was older, but not like as prominent as this spot was on my face. <clears throat> and so I just ignored it. And then one day I woke up. And I looked in the mirror and I noticed the spot got bigger. And I was like, holy shit, what is that? Like, why is this not, you know, going down? Because I thought it was another dry spot from based on what my barber said to me. And so I literally Googled white spots on skin and vitiligo. The pictures of people with vitiligo who had white spots came up. And I literally started to cry and I was like oh my god I cannot believe this is what's happening to me and I started crying at my computer and I was just like oh my god this cannot be happening to me and at the time it was just only a little white dot it was no it was the size of a dime on my face by my right eye at the time and then also I started to notice another small spot on the left eye and I was just like oh my goodness and so I started to take off my clothes and really notice what other spots were on my body and then it was on my right arm I noticed it on my penis and I was just like oh my god and so it was a really that moment was really dark and I remember like saying to myself nobody's gonna love me I'm never going to get married. Nobody is going to have sex with me. Um, And I'm just like, why is this other thing? I am like African-American gay who doesn't have the perfect six pack. Like, why do I need this other thing to like, you know, be rejected by not, you know, not being rejected because I'm, you know, gay or African-American. But, you know, sometimes in the gay community, those things can be, you know, uh, I do not want to get too in depth into that, but like not having, you know, the best body uh, can be one of those things in the gay community can be shamed for. And I was like, I don't want, I don't need another thing to, for someone to shame me for. And I remember uh, just, I was just so down. And that same day, I remember getting on the train. I can't remember where I was going. And lo and behold, as I got on the train, I saw an Asian guy uh, who was kind of brownish and he had a bit of LIGO. And I broke down crying on the train. I put on my shades, trying to hold it in. And I was just like, oh my God, like nobody's going to want me. And I was just like, that's it and I like started deleting all my dating apps deleting any app that had to do with like hooking up meeting people I would just like I just wanted to isolate myself from the world and in that same day you know I had a talk with my best friend he was like you know how you're doing and I said I think I have better LIGO and and he was like okay and I was like, you know, oh my God, who's going to want me? And he was like, well, maybe this is a blessing. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, you know, since now that you have this, you know, skin condition, now you 
can ward off all the assholes who don't who just want you just for you know sex and your good looks now this is something that the person who's gonna who's gonna love you wants you wants you for you and not what you like that like you're like this perfect looking person they want you for you and that's what you really want you want somebody to want you for you and i and it really shifted my mind i was like oh you're right and so but it was a long journey of me loving myself and so you know i was wasn't really i was still in a hoopla blah of you know being someone discovering with vitiligo it wasn't as bad at the time and he was like, listen, do you have insurance? At the time, I didn't have insurance. He was like, well, why don't you go to Mount uh, Sinai Hospital and apply for HHC, which is a, you know, pay-as-you-go insurance. If you don't know, find out from your local hospital. And I qualified for the pay-as-you-go, and I was paying like $60 uh, a visit, um, no matter what it was. And it was like a fixed rate. So it's okay. So this particular hospital had... Um, uh, a light machine and you know I saw the doctor he you know he did a test like a, basically he the, the test that he did was he put a blue light uh, um, he cut off all the lights he put a blue light under me and so what happened was my skin glowed in the dark and so he was like yes you have it in LIGO so if you're on the uh, a blue light I guess it's a dark like I'm not sure I can't remember the name right now you know, a person with a LIGO, the, the the fluorescent light from the, the dark light will, it will glow, you, you glow, um, basically. So, um, so I glowed and he said, yep, you have this thing. You can undergo treatment with this um, uh, light machine that we have. Basically, a light machine is basically, it looks like a, a tanning booth and you only endure 30 seconds at a time because it's highly dangerous to um, be in this machine for a very long time and your body has to get used to the stimulations from the the light therapy um, so every time you go in they raise it up higher and higher and if you miss if you miss treatment you have to go back down to the beginning and it was working at the time and you know but it was very frustrating because the hospital was like, an hour and a half away like i live in queens the hospital i need to the only hospital that was like catered this machine was like in manhattan on um lower east side so i had to catch a train a bus then walk and it was like an hour and a half journey and it was so exhausting and i did it for a year and a half and then you know even though i was getting light therapy my my uh like i was getting worse and so by then my like probably 80% of my scalp was covered in vitiligo. My eyes were completely done over with vitiligo. It was on my lips, my nose, like basically, you know, my genitalia, like probably 50% of it was covered, like my legs. Uh, luckily there was nothing on my legs. And then my feet has a little bit on my hands, um, was really noticeable and underneath my armpits. And there was like small spots on my back. And child, let me tell you, it was a real, real journey. And I remember, you know, just being so exhausted, like going to the hospital 
three times a week then it went down to two times a week because i was just like i like this is a lot like a three like go an hour and a half especially if i didn't have to work that day hour and a half i go to the city get back on the train that's like three hour journey just to spend to like wait in the line to get checked in and then spend 15 seconds in this machine it was like is this really worth my time like what could i be doing in this three hours of my time and i had to really really think like really do some self uh reflection like what is this really really worth it like you know journeying to the hospital three two or three times a week for this machine and then and also when you're in this in this machine your skin becomes very sensitive like i I remember you know after the machine like it was it's very difficult to be in the sun for a long period of time, I had to like constantly wear, have to wear shades, have to wear a hat, I have to wear sunscreen, um, and uh, because you, you know, since you don't have in, um, the pig, uh, pigmentation, you're more susceptible to like have skin cancer, to probably have cancer, to get burnt. Like you're like easily uh, can get burnt, and it hurts, like hurt like hell, and. Even like I was just so sick of like, you know, especially in my genitalia area, you know, like warm water would like sting, and I just like, oh my god, like is this really worth it? Like I just had to really do some deep soul searching, and I was like, I remember being on the bus one day and going to the hospital, and I was like, well, you know, Jimmy, what's it gonna be? Because you're hating this whole process and uh and it's not fun for you and you know you know and I also I was seeing results like you know my whole right arm completely healed by doing the the life therapy and I had completely changed my deodorant I was making my deodorant making my own my own soaps making my own uh mouthwash making my making my own toothpaste I wanted to eliminate everything that possibly could be um triggering or causing um the symptoms of it to spread because it was spreading and I was like if if I give this up I need to really learn to love myself like nobody's business and if I'm going to do that then there's some some work that I need to do with myself. There's some reading, there's some exercise, there is some work that I need to do to radically love myself or who I am, who am I not, who am I not. And even if I it spreads to be 80% of my body, I'm gonna love who I am in the process. And a lot of it uh, when you have vitiligo, a lot of it really comes down to your psyche, the, the things that you're saying, the beliefs that you're, the new beliefs that you're creating, like nobody's going to love me, I don't love myself, who's going to like, uh, who's going to love me because, you know, you see in society, especially on the train, I would see people just like look at me, like give me this face, like in shock, like I'm some this like walking, you know, disease or something and they were literally cross you know, uh, walk away from me or move from one seat to another and like just like stare at me like I'm some alien form 
and I just like uh, I just like it's like making me so angry when people do that. It's like it, I, it just it just it was just so frustrating of seeing people just like stare at you and move to the other side and if like you're contagious people vitiligo is not contagious i don't care what you say what you think like vitiligo and it's a scientific fact vitiligo is not contagious so and yes like the other question is um how has it made you more aware of how people judge you like it made me super aware and especially i was working you know um, with this particular catering company, I'm going to mention the name. And when I started to, uh, it started to really take form in my face, and especially this particular company, like you know, there's a lot of models. You have to look good, look a certain way. You know, I, I was made fun of. They're like, "Oh, you're finally turning white." And I knew you were always white. Like, what's happening to you? Like. You know, there was this constant, like, parade of criticism and uh, just, like, just, like down, you know, uh, like, downing me, shame, like, so much shame in this particular company. And it's like, it really, like, I and sometimes I really hated going to work because, like, oh, I have to fight for my self-worth. At this company, a particular culture, you know, like um, uh, um, Eastern European was like very harsh on me. And I was just like, you know, what are you going to do, Jimmy? Are you going to sit here and take this bullshit? Or are you going to actually stand up for who you are and what you are learning about yourself? That you're loving yourself. Like you don't need their approval. And so I started fighting back and I used to tell the guys, I said, well, I'm getting laid more than you. And that would usually shut them up because it was true. Cause I was just like, okay, I know, you know, even though at this point in my life and this journey of my life, I was like, well, I, I know I'm still getting laid. I know I'm so beautiful. So like, you know, and it was such a catty thing. It was so ego. And I so played into these dudes trap of, uh, shame and anger and you know proving my self-worth and it was just so un, unethical and so unworthy and I didn't complain about it and I just like you know took it I should have filed a you know a harassment report on these guys but I was just like no I can handle this like my ego like I can handle this instead of like just like being honest with you know human resources of what I was dealing with, what I was going through in this particular company, and I and I would say I probably lost work um, from this particular company because I didn't look quote unquote perfect. I didn't have that like really good skin anymore. I didn't look normal like everybody else, and I had this particular thing that people would look at me and react to me, so they didn't want to deal with that. Uh, by hiring me or giving me a lot of work, you know, and, you know, another other question was going into, like, how badly was I teased, you know, it, I mean, definitely, like, in this workplace, I was teased a lot, but, like, in society, or, when I, you know, even, like, the gay community, just, like, 
you know, when you're on dating apps or when you're on Grindr, everybody's like, what is wrong with you? Why is that look, why does, you know, your body looks that way? You know, and, and, you know guys would de- automatically delete me because they automatically think like, you know, just uneducated people just like would just basically stop talking to me, stop associating with me because I had this skin thing, um, you know, the skin disorder. And I was just like, and, and, and in the beginning, it was hard. Like, just I was just constantly being rejected, constantly being rejected, constantly, constantly, constantly being rejected. And I was just like, you know, I, I was just like, how am I going to do this? And I just knew that it was like me loving myself. And, I, and on that journey, I, my friend, one of my best friends, she was reading um, The Daily Love by Masson Kip at the time. And I really loved that title and I was following him, you know, and I started to follow his, I think it's called the, his blog, The Daily Love Letter. So I was getting, you know, his post and stuff like that and then one day he sent out this video of the daily the 30 day self love exercise so every day you had to wake up in the morning look at yourself in the mirror and say I love you and say one thing that you love about yourself until you actually believe it oh child I I know and I did that for 30 days and, you know, there was moments I had some moments in the mirror looking at myself and just cried because it, it was hard to say I love the way my eyes look. I love my hands with these spots. They're so beautiful. You know, I, I love the, the shape of my body. Like, it was really hard to, like, look myself in the eyes with conviction to declare how much I love myself, even though I didn't believe it at the time. And then, you know, I remember being in a diner one day and this Hispanic man who was, like, kind of a little darker than me, he walked in and... And I remember seeing him, I was like, wow, he's handsome, and he had vitiligo, and his vitiligo was, like, probably 80% of his body, and I was like, oh my god, like, I said somebody with vitiligo is handsome, and that's when I knew that my belief about myself had shifted for me, and that I knew that I was on the right path of loving, radically loving myself, for who I am, who am I, who I'm not, uh, what I look like right now, and what I may look like in the future, because that was the most important thing in my life in that moment, right at that instant. I had to love myself no matter what, and no matter how much this, uh, you know, this disease or disorder had consumed my body. Um, you know, the next question was, you know, are you, were you afraid that your whole body was going to look like Michael Jackson? You know, no, you know, I, no, I didn't really think about that at the time. Like, you know, Michael Jackson had vitiligo and he bleached his whole body to like basically camouflage that he had vitiligo. You know, I mean, it was a lot of like self-hate. He didn't really love himself, you know, and I, and I love Michael Jackson. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on him. But, you know, people go to the extremes. Like, he bleached his skin to order to hide the fact that he had 
did a lot of go and was I ever afraid that I was gonna do that like no you know I you know I had like really great friends in my life who loved me for who I am and that was a big factor of having people in my life who didn't reject me and had a really good foundation and support group around me that they was gonna love me no matter what and that was important to me so if they were gonna do that for me I needed I needed to do that for myself and that was so important to me um and it says what do you wish to people to who knew or understood about the LIGO you know again like it's not contagious you're not going to catch anything and you know instead of like just you know backing up off of people just like ask questions if you're curious like just ask questions you know I you know I you know and I think you know I'm so thankful for people like Winnie Harlow who is an advocate for vitiligo she's like becoming successful you know and it's like you know it's becoming a thing and people are just embracing the fact there's like dolls you know coming out and i just like so love that people are embracing and i have a doll right in front of me barbie barbie has come out with a doll with vitiligo and somebody got it for me and i'm just so grateful that it's it's a beautiful you know african-american you know doll that's just you know just embracing that we are here and we are loved too um i said did you often get sad um yes i did because you know it was frustrating especially in the dating world like it was just like i felt like my dating um pool was smaller because i was rejected more like less and less people didn't want to date me they didn't want to be seen with me because they're you know as a gay man or being in the gay community a lot of things are placed upon what you look like how beautiful your skin is how beautiful your body is what you're wearing and i'm just not that type of person who is like worried about what somebody think of me or what um what i'm wearing I'm more about what's the inside of the person, especially when I started doing all this work on myself. Like it was just more like, who is the person that I am dating? And most people, um, they're they're not looking at that. Like that, and not looking at the values, not looking at their wants, their needs in a relationship. So it was very difficult. I found myself just like I was sometimes just. <laughs> went in phases of like deleting the apps because it's like so frustrating just like being with someone who just wanted to have some charm on their shoulders and I can do to contest that one of the big influences of my transformation of loving myself was when I met one of my my second boyfriend you know beautiful man from Spain I remember when I saw him on the train you know I was like oh my god who is that he is hot you know he was sexy you know this Latin dude now just like if he looks back when he got off the train I'm gonna go ahead and get his number and I did he looked back went up to him got his number went on a date that night and we were together and so when we were together, he would take my hand and I have like this big patch on my right arm 
my uh, on my wrist and he would kiss my spots. He said, you know, one of the reasons why I'm dating you because you're so unique looking and I love your spots. It just I think it just enhanced who you are. And I think you're just so beautiful with this these um, spots. And I just like it really just like I was like, wow, like somebody can love me and accept me for who I am, what I look like, and, and find me beautiful. And if he, this beautiful man can find me beautiful, then I need to step into that I am a handsome, beautiful man too. Um, so you know, <laughs> the question was, did you get the? Did people stare at you? Yes, people stared a lot. Um, do you have to wear extra sunscreen? Yes. When it's the summertime, um, even the winter time now, I should be wearing sunscreen, but you know, since it's the winter, I'm always covered up, you know, since it's cold, I don't have to wear a lot of sunscreen, but when it's spring, summertime, yes, I do wear a lot of sunscreen. Um, and it says, have you ever worn makeup to cover it up? And if you did, why what did you stop why did you stop or why did you continue you know i did you know went to macy's i found um this uh makeup called dermablend and dermablend is a specific type of company who makes uh makeup for people with vitiligo because normal makeup does not literally does not cover up vitiligo and so you know, I went to Macy's, you know, I and I went up to the makeup counter and I, you know, had the, and Macy's is the only company that's carried this particular brand. Super expensive and the woman redid my face. She gave me some samples and and I went to work with this thing on and people were like, wow, your skin is healed, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I just wanted to test it out. And I remember coming home and I was just like, do I really want to wear makeup every day like put this on take this off put this on take this off like i was just like i was like no like that's this is no i i just i just want to look like who i am like me like i just can't do this whole ritual um of putting on makeup put buy extra product i just like i just like no so i had to like again accept like i'm not gonna do this anymore and when I accepted that, that made me say, okay, I'm going to stop this light therapy. And I remember going into the hospital and I told them, I said, this is going to be my last treatment. And she was like, well, you know, what if it spreads? What if it's this? And I was like, I said, okay, if it spreads, it spreads. I said, I need to learn how to love myself. And if it spreads, so be it. That's just going to be more of who I am and more of me to love and she was like wow like she's like good luck to you i said thank you and i said it's going to be a journey i said but i am up for the challenge of loving who i am and loving myself wholeheartedly and radically loving myself um are there groups of people with vitiligo and are there are you a part of a group i said no i'm not a part of um, any groups, there are groups online that you can find on, um, Facebook. Um, there are, you know, um, support groups with Vitiligo, but no, I am not a part of any, um, Vitiligo groups. Have people not talked to you because you have your skin? Yeah. 
uh, people just like just look at me in disgust and like just don't want to engage in conversation. Yeah, it it happens. Uh, do people avoid touching you or hugging you? Um, I've experienced like you know reaching out my hand to shake people's hand and people just like don't reach back and it's like oh okay. You know, and that was my first indication. I was like, well, this person, I just can't, I can't be with this person. I can't deal with this. Not like I would deal with them. Like this person is not for me not to be in my circle. Um, so, uh, yeah. Have someone that you, that was your friend before, not your friend. No, you know, luckily my friends have just loved me for who I am and um, just love my journey of self-acceptance. And that's been a huge blessing in my life. Um, what was the hardest thing that you ever had to embrace? Um, oof. Uh, just like this may not never go away. And this may go away. And this may get worse. And if this gets worse, will you love you? Will I love myself? Will I be able to look in the mirror? And will I, keep go- will I keep going? And will I date myself if it got worse? And those were some really tough questions. You know, would I date somebody who has vitiligo? And I remember yeah, on a grinder, someone with vitiligo rejected me. And I was like, wow, like you have vitiligo and you rejected the way I look? I was just so shocked and it's like, wow, this person has not done the work of loving themselves or who they are and who they are not. And they're, them rejecting me was rejecting themselves. So, like, really learning to accept rejection. Like, because I know that I am not for everyone. I am not going to have every guy crawling over me. I am not going to be, you know, this ideal, perfect person. And I, not like I was striving for that. But I just had to radically accept that this may get worse. And will I love myself? And I had to say, yes, I will. I will love myself no matter what. There's a question that says, what would you tell yourself back when you first found out that you're going to be okay? That you're going to get through this? That you're going to find someone who loves you for who you are. People are going to love and accept you for who you are. And the people who loves you, love you, are going to love you even more for your journey of self-love. You know, how do you encourage others? You know, I, I just like creating this podcast, creating content, sharing my story, you know, just getting the message, the message out there, sharing, retweeting, reposting, you know, um, studies and people who have, um, you know, um, who has been through this whole journey, and it has been a journey of like really radically self-loving myself. And I said to people who has vitiligo, it is a journey. Like recalling in the one, like that book really changed how I radically loved myself even though it was about finding the one but really calling myself in to really radically to love myself you know it says you know um 
how about the link between vitiligo and vitamin D deficiency and how do people uh, with melanin need something more than four times the vitamin D? You know, you know, this is the first time I've, hear, I've heard of like the, the vitamin D uh, deficiency and I personally have not been tested and I don't take supplements, um, but I do, I, I have changed my diet. Like I, you know, I noticed like when I stopped eating you know, the rice, the pasta, and I recently changed my diet with meat. You know, when I did you know, a while back, I did a colonic and the woman said, you have to stop eating meat because meat stays in your digestive system for over 30 days. And that was a really aha moment for me because if my body is overworking, over functioning with meat, then that means I'm having problems uh, with my digestive system. And I know that um, people who have vitiligo have digestive problems. And I did. I was trying, working hard to eliminate things that causes problems in my digestive system. So I really adjusted what I ate um, dramatically. Do I feel like there's a cure? I There has been a lot of studies. There's a, um, a book called The Medium. Um, he talks about um, um, going to this particular cleanse, eating these particular foods uh, for the past four days. I have personally done it. I have recently done a cleanse, and I have definitely seen results of the cleanse. And so I'm still eating basically 90% plant-based. Um uh, and so that has been really, really helpful. And then, like, I'm doing my plant-based diet for my vitiligo just to, like, be healthier. Um, so I definitely, as a byproduct of eating plant-based, I definitely have seen improvement in my skin. This is how has the way you've seen yourself shifted from when your skin started to change? You know, I definitely have become a stronger person. Like, really knowing my worth knowing that somebody's rejection of me has nothing to do with me, has everything to do with them. And I can keep looking, keep searching for love in the face of what my body, how my body is changing. And it doesn't have to stop me. It doesn't limit me. And there are people who out there who love me and will love me and accept me and will find me beautiful. And I know that for a fact. And, you know, I just learned, you know, having vitiligo has learned to really just love myself just so unconditionally despite any, what anything and, you know, what the magazines say, what TV say, what commercials says. I love who I am. I love the way my vitiligo has shown up on my face. Sometimes I was like, I wish I had more spots on my body just so that I could just really just, you know, just, I think it's beautiful. There's so many models now, um, television personalities, you know, TV shows, magazines are really displaying like the beauty of, you know, this new beauty, this new phenomenon of people with people with vitiligo, you know, and, and that's basically it people like, you know, just, you know, if you're out there listening, if you have vitiligo, you know, you can like, you know, reach out to me, Jimmy at JimmyAllenCoaching.com. You can email me or join me on um, my Instagram 
at Jimmy Allen and just like really continue this conversation. If you want to be on the, the podcast to talk about your journey to self-love with your favorite LIGO, I'd be so happy to have you on my show. And like, you know, it, it's really come down to unconditionally loving yourself. And there is hope for you. You know, guys, thank you so much for helping me create this podcast. And uh, happy new year 2020. Um, and this is going to be a fantastic year for each and every one of one of us and those with vitiligo. You are beautiful. Embrace your beauty. Love you guys. Crazy juicy love. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Crazy Juicy Love podcast. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. And if you really like this podcast, please share it. Twitter, Instagram, or on your webpage. Thank you. Crazy Juicy Love.